Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So, I think God has used the praises and worship team to actually do the message. I was saying to um, Bola that I think church is done. I just need to pray and uh, <laughs> whatever I was about to say is come through the songs. Um, God has used Val mightily and all the teams. So I just thank God for your lives. Amen. I just want to start by sharing something funny with you. Um, this is a joke that a friend of mine shared with me. Hopefully you find it funny. <laughs> so um, he said there was a lady that went through a very painful divorce and she died and went to heaven. So at the gate of heaven, she met the angel and the angel said, now that you are here, take my spot. So anyone that comes, you just need to let them know to spell a word. So 10 people come, they spell a word, and then the 10th person will take your spot. And then you enter the gates of heaven, and then the whole circle repeats again. So now, first person comes, spell go, G-O. She says, go to heaven. After the 10th person, guess who is coming? Her ex-husband. <laughs> and she says, can you spell Czechoslovakia? <laughs> so that was straight to hell. <laughs> Amen. Actually, can, can anyone here spell Czechoslovakia? Raise your hand. I'll give you five pounds. <laughs> okay, Katie. Okay, so Caleb is recording it. We will check the video because I cannot spell it either. <laughs> Amen. Our God is good and all the time, no matter what. Can we try again? Our God is good and all the time, no matter what. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, I'm grateful to God for this opportunity. Um, Mama Penny, God bless you so much. I had a great time with Jim um, this week. And normally, I have a man cave in my house where I spend a lot of time praying and hiding from the family. So in my man cave, I have a Bible. When Jim said he was coming, I had a sense to go to the man cave and pick that Bible and put it on the dining table because I was going to have dinner. And I was like, what is going on? I obeyed God anyway, brought the Bible. So as we were talking and discussing whatever, I was led to share with Jim that, you know what, this Bible was given to me by my mother. And many years ago, God opened my eyes as the Bible touched my hand. There were some drawings, some triangles, 
pure white light came out. But God gave me grace to be able to look at the light. And he said to me, Richard, I have given you my word. Jim started clapping. He said, Richard, my mom has given me the same Bible. Is this coincidental or is this God? The Bible that my mom gave me. The Bible that God said, Richard, I have gifted you with my word. Now Jim is coming. That was my first time I actually sat down and we spoke as brothers. I've always seen him as my pastor. But we sat down and we started speaking as brothers. God says, go to your man cave. Bring, I have so many Bibles. I have concordances and all of that. He says, bring this particular Bible that your mom gave you. Not knowing you have also given him the same Bible. And guess what? The, where the triangles are and the white light, pure white light is coming out from, he said to me, he used to put a white paper and he used to draw. Hallelujah. Beloved, you know, God is in every detail. And sometimes we may not necessarily understand what he's doing. But I have a sense to tell somebody that all things are working together for your good. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to serve your church. Thank you for the opportunity to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. Please, Lord, I ask that let today's service bring honor and glory to you. I ask in Jesus' name, none of me but all of you. My prayer request is that let your church hear you even as they hear me. I decree that today is a time of healing. I decree that today is a time of restoration. I decree that today is a time of renewal of our faith and our trust in you and in you alone. Lord Jesus, draw us closer and closer to you. Lord Jesus, teach us your ways and show us our true purpose in life. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, we have all prayed. If you believe, can I hear you say amen? amen? So we are talking about the calling of Levi in Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. And the scripture is going to be on the screen. Every now and then, I'm going to invite you to come in. So at the count of two, I've also sent the slides into the WhatsApp. So if you cannot see the screen, please check your WhatsApp. Um, it will be there. At the count of two, please, can we all read it together? Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. One, two. Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, 
they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Then Jesus heard it. He said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. So when I was studying this, one of the things that came um, across was that the same tax collector had two names. And in Mark, as we just read, he is called Levi. But in Matthew, he is called Matthew. So I just want to say that name changes. Thank you to the lovely Alicia. Thank you. That's my hot spice. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from God. I am a favored man. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said to you, we are here to stay and serve God with you and serve you. Amen. So I just want to say that name changes are very significant in the Bible. And they are typically a a signal or a sign that someone has been given a new mission from God. Now, for example, we have Abraham, who became Abraham. You can move with me to the next slide. Okay, yeah, I don't think I have that slide. So Abraham, who became Abraham, when he encountered God, we have Simon, who was also renamed as Peter, when he encountered Jesus Christ. And we have Saul. Saul was a Christian terrorist. Okay? He was a type of terrorist, but he was a Christian terrorist. And his target was that he would either imprison or kill Christians. Now, one day, the Bible says that on his way to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus, and his name was also changed from Saul to Paul. Are you catching my drift? So, in the same way, this is what happened when Levi left the task collecting office. When he had an encounter with Jesus, his name was changed to Matthew. Hallelujah. You know, you cannot have an encounter with Jesus and so remain the same. You cannot have an encounter with Jesus and not see a change. And many a times you may be sitting here probably thinking that, you know what, I have given my life to Christ, but this encounter that Richard is talking about, I have not experienced it. Do you remember a story where a blind person was taken to Jesus? And the Bible says that Jesus prayed for the blind person. And he asked him, can you see? And he said, yes, I can see, but I see people walking like trees. Jesus said, no, no, don't go. Because when I heal, I heal completely. Hallelujah. When Jesus heals, he heals completely. Because I heard him say, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. In other words, whom the Son sets free is unquestionably free. 
free. Oh, I can sense the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. But today, my wife and Jim has said to me, Richard, it's your first time. You need to take it easy. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be. Oh, now he says, I can go for it. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Amen. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So Jesus said, come. And there was a second touch. And after the second touch, he could see clearly. Hallelujah. The difficulty is that sometimes when we receive the first touch, we go. When we receive the blessing, we say, you know, God, bye-bye. When we receive the man, the woman, we go from the presence of God. Hallelujah. But even after the second touch, we still have to remain under the presence of God. The Bible says that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that He will exalt us at the right time. Hallelujah. I have news for you. The right time is today. Hallelujah. And as you tarry in the presence of God, I can sense an exaltation coming your way. Oh, keep on keeping on. Because I heard him say, Whosoever shall put his hope and trust in God will never be put to shame. Hannah, you cannot be put to shame. Hallelujah. I don't believe in that laugh. <laughs> Kate, have I got her? Yes. <laughs> Hannah, I don't, that's a fake laugh. I don't believe in that laugh. <laughs> Amen. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you may not know, but she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. So, when Levi encountered Jesus, his name was changed to signify that now he will not be collecting taxes. He will not be cheating the people. He will not be involving himself with sinners. Now he has become a follower of Christ. When Jesus calls us, he does not call us to become Christians. Hallelujah. And this will throw a lot of your theology away. He does not call us to become Christian. He calls us to become disciples. There is a difference between a Christian and a disciple. Hallelujah. Being a Christian does not automatically qualify you to be a disciple. Because there are so many people that have given their lives to Christ, but are not following Jesus as a disciple. That's why he says, go and make Christians of all nations. Yeah? Does he say, go and make Christians of all nations? What does he say? Of all nations. Hallelujah. Are you catching my drift? So, Jesus said to Levi, follow me. Brothers and sisters, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor no height, nor death, nor any other creation, or creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, according to the book of Romans. Amen. So even though the people were seeing Levi as a sinner, Jesus said, there is nothing that can separate you from me because I love you just the way you are. Hallelujah. I've got news for you. You are loved by Jesus. He loves you. And whatever it is that you are struggling with. 
Oh, I have no doubt that as you continue praying, coming to church, fellowshipping with your, with your brothers and sisters, he brings transformation. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing that Jim and I, when we were praying and considering, this is one of the revelations that God gave Jim. And I like to give credit to where the credit is due because I'm a student of the Holy Spirit and I like to learn from everybody. Jim, remember that God used you to say that Levi was chosen out of the multitude. Because the Bible says that as Jesus went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to him and he took them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office and he said to him, follow me. Jesus chose Levi and he asks him to follow him, acknowledging not only his past and present, but also his potential for a new life. In John chapter 15, verse 16, yes, we are told that we did not choose Jesus, but he chose us and appointed us that we should go and bear fruit and that our fruit should remain, that whatever we ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he may give it to us. Isn't it comforting to know that he has chosen you? Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful to know that even when you see a young lady, when you saw Mama Florence and you chose her, and she also chose you, Uncle Dele, is that not a good feeling? Oh, he said, he, listen, he said it's not a good feeling, it's a great feeling. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you choose a woman, and she also chooses you, it's a great feeling. When you choose a man, and he also chooses you, it's a great feeling. Hallelujah. So, isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus has chosen you? You did not choose him. He says, he chose you first. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible says that when we love God, all things work together for our good. So many a times, it's not really about what we are going through. So if we can do our best, and I know it's difficult, but if we can do our best to put God first, even in the difficulties, he says he's able to turn situations around and give you an advantage over every adversity. Are you catching my drift? So regardless of whatever comes your way, comes to steal your joy, if you say to yourself, you know what? My God is bigger than the challenges. My God, are you a person who exalts the challenges above God or do you exalt your God above the challenges? Hallelujah. Oh, the Pentecost in me is rising up once again. But today, Uncle Dele said to Richard, it's your first time. You need to take it easy. Hallelujah. Let me go back to the pulpit. Take it easy. The second thing that, or the third thing that I, I want us to talk about is Levi's obedience. The Bible says in Mark chapter 2 verse 14 that he arose and followed Jesus. He responds by 
leaving everything behind to follow Jesus. You see, obedience to God is a sign of faith in God. And the Bible is full of stories and teachings that showed us the value and the challenge of obedience. God calls us to obey Him and His commands as well as to as, as well as the authorities that are above us. God calls us to obey our parents. God calls us to obey the authorities in the land. God calls us to obey our teachers because there is a great blessing when we obey the authorities, the pastors that God has put as our leaders. And we see an example where um, Abraham obeyed God. And God calls Abraham or Abram and says, you know what? Get out of your home and go to where I am sending you. He did not know where God was taking him, but he trusted that he who has called him is faithful and that he is able to keep everything that he has committed into his capable hands. Hallelujah. When God is with you, beloved, sometimes you don't really have to know all the details, but you have to trust that he is God and he has your best interest at heart. He knows the plans that he has for you. They are good plans and not evil to give you and I a future and a hope. Oh, hallelujah. If you have real faith, I need you to look at someone sitting beside you and say, he is a good, good father. Amen. Indeed, he is. He is a good, good father. And because of that, we see that God made a covenant with Abraham. And he, turned, he changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. Beloved, can I submit to you that God is not just a covenant maker. He's also a covenant keeper. Hallelujah. He's not just a covenant maker, but he would keep the covenant that he has made with the Atiboyes. Hallelujah. He will keep the covenant that he has made with the Langstons. Hallelujah. He will keep the covenant that he has made with your family. Amen. He's a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. We also see the story of Noah. The Bible says that 40 days the flood kept coming. You know, when you read this carefully and you study the Bible, it was at a time where people had never experienced flooding in their lifetime. So when Noah said to the people, oh, flood is coming, the Bible says they made mockery of him. So imagine you building something against something that has never happened in the history of the world. People began, the Bible said they mocked him, but he was so obedient. And eventually, the word of God came to pass. It is the word of God that will stand the test of time. Let people mock, let people laugh. Oh, but you are going to have the last laugh. And who, he who laughs last, laughs best. Ah, hallelujah. Oh, give a clap for the Lord. Amen. You are going to laugh last. All oh, the seeds that you've been sowing. Mama Penny, the prayers that you've been praying. Now you can see your son 
And you know you prayed. You know you spoke some words over him. You know you tarried before the presence of God. Hallelujah. Our God is indeed faithful. Our God is indeed mighty to save. Our God is indeed a God who can be trusted. So the Bible says that the word of God was fulfilled. And every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People, animals, creatures that move along the ground. And the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left. You know, sometimes obedience to God will make you look like you are a crazy lady. Are you catching my drift? Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Obedience to God will make you look crazy. Obedience to God sometimes can seem or can make you feel that you are behind. But God is able to turn situations around. Can I have at least five people join me on stage? Five people for a quick demonstration. I don't want to mention it. Please, five people. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, please join me on stage. Hannah, I don't believe in you, but so I need you on stage. Come on, come on. Five people. Five people, please. Behind me, five people. All of you behind me. Behind me. All of you, five people. Have I got five people? It can be six. It's okay. Yeah, I've got more than five. I want you to watch this. So, they are all behind me. Thank you. They are all behind me. I need you to follow me. I need you to follow me. Are you following me? Okay. Now, God says he can turn situations around. I am the first person. All of you turn around. Turn around. The last has become first. Hallelujah. And that is what God can do. So you thought you were last. But when God turned the tables around, now you, the last person, has become the first person. Oh, give a mighty clap for Jesus. Please have a seat. Thank you. Thank you so much. When God is with you, mommy, he turns situations around and gives you an advantage. The same Red Sea that the, the children of Israel thought that was an obstacle was the same Red Sea that consumed their enemies. That's why he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Please do not allow anything to steal your love for God. Do not allow anything to steal your joy. Because the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I heard the writer say that Jesus has come. That you and I will have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Jesus will not just give the occult life. He will give you life abundant. Hallelujah. Jesus will not just give you anything. But he gives the abundant life. Can I share a story with you? There was a little boy who had a dog, and the dog was called Scott. And any time they sat around the table, they, they, they will finish eating, and whatever is left over, they will pass it to Scott. And the little boy was not very happy that they were passing the leftovers to Scott. So one day, during Christmas, when they served the meal, the little boy took a portion of his food and gave it to Scott. And the mother rebuked him. 
He said, no, wait. When we have finished, we will gather all the leftovers and give it to Scott. He said, no, I don't want to give the leftovers to Scott because Scott is my friend. I want him to take part in the meal. Hallelujah. That is what Jesus says to us. He does not give you and I leftovers. He actually calls us in to take part because he cares for you. He says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word for you abides forever. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what is going on. The word of God for your life will stand the test of time. Amen. So we need to hold on to the word of God. And when you get tired holding on to the word of God, allow the word to hold on to you. Amen. There's a scripture in Jeremiah where Jeremiah gave a prophecy. And the Bible says that the prophecy did not go in favor with the king. So the king put Jeremiah in a well. And he stayed there for a very long time that he was hungry. So when the time came for them to get Jeremiah out of the pit, he had no strength to hold on to the ropes. And guess what? They said to him, put the ropes under your shoulders. So now instead of holding on to the rope, the rope was now holding on to him. Many a times, a lot of Christians are broken in life because we are holding on to the word of God and we get tired. When you get tired, Mama Florence, allow the word to hold on to you. Amen. Are you catching some biblical truths? Hallelujah. Because remember, his word is also a double-edged sword. So it, it takes a special skill to hold on to a double-edged sword. If not, that double-edged sword, which is meant to protect you, can even hurt you. So a lot of times, we have to allow God to carry us and all that we have to do and say, Father, I trust in you. What you bring is the best. I'm not trying to crack my brains as to how is going to, God is going to do it. I leave the how to God. And all that I do is to trust and obey because there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but trust and obey. Hallelujah. I'm bringing this to a conclusion. How long have I preached? <laughs> Jim, is my time up. Oh, thank you. So, we see how obedience caused Noah and his family to be saved. And those people that were mocking him, they all perished. Hallelujah. Beloved, when you hear the voice of God, follow that voice. Listen to that voice. Even when it looks like it's contrary, still believe in that voice. When the children of Israel were going to Canaan, the Bible says they go to a town called Jericho. And Jericho was shut because of the Israelites. And they prayed. God said, God said to them, march round the walls of Jericho. To the carnal person, it's foolishness. Because if you want to move this wall, at least try, I don't know, throwing something, try pushing the wall, but marching around the wall and singing and shouting, it's madness. Hallelujah. It's crazy. And I have no doubt that the people of Jericho were probably mocking the Israelites. And they were probably saying, what are these feeble Israelites doing? Do you think that by marching around this wall, you are going to do anything to this wall? This wall, according to theologians, horses 
can actually run to and fro. The wall, it was not just a small wall. So, just, yes, wide. So, by just marching around the wall, will not even tickle the wall. It will not even scratch the wall. But that was what God had commanded them to do. Maybe you are here. I have a sense that you have some dreams. You have some hopes. You have some aspirations. And those dreams and hopes and aspirations, they are in your heart because God has put them there. But you are looking at yourself. You're looking at your level of education. You're looking at your accent. You're looking at the color of your skin. You're looking at how tall you are. You're looking at where you are coming from. And not looking at the God in you who is able to support you, to help you, enable you to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So a lot of us are in the church and we have the spirit of arrogance. Why? Please, I'm not judging anybody. I have also put my hands up. I have not arrived. Because when we begin to look at ourselves and what we can do, rather than looking at what God can do through us, that becomes arrogance. And I am guilty of that. When I began to realize that I have to get out of the way and trust that Christ in me is the hope of glory. God began to do certain things that in a million years I couldn't achieve. God began to break generational curses and barriers. God began to elevate me. God began to do things. And my wife would look at me and say, you know what, Richard? I'm not going to doubt you any longer. Because my lovely wife, she is the wisdom in my foolishness. Hear me out. I have some crazy faith that right now, if the bank comes to me and says they will give me one billion, I will take it. Without even knowing what I will use the money, but I will take it. So sometimes I'm thinking, you know what, babe, let's do this, let's do that. And then she will work their mouths and say, Richard, we don't have the means to do it. I said, God will make a way. God will make a way. He is a miracle working God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If God can call a tax collector, a sinner, someone who was reproached and reviled by society, he did not call him to be a Christian, he called him to be a disciple. Why are you counting yourself out? God is not afraid of what you've been through. God is not afraid of your weaknesses. God is not put off by all the wickedness of our hearts. All that he says to us, come to me, those of us who are heavy laden and burdened, and he will give us rest. Hallelujah. I have a sense that God is giving us rest. Hallelujah. Amen. Cornerstone who? God is giving us rest. As I conclude, I want to speak to you about disobedience. You know, there was a king called Saul. And the Bible says that when the, the word of God came to King Saul from the prophet Samuel to wait and not do the sacrifice, he said the people were, scat- the people were scattering away from him. You know, many a times we focus on the praises of men 
rather than focusing on the praises of God. We are so concerned on what our fellow man thinks of us rather than what God thinks of us. So this happened to King Saul. And the very kingdom that he was trying to protect, the very position that he was trying to protect, because of disobedience, he lost it. Has Jesus not promised you that if you lose anything for the sake of the kingdom, hallelujah, you will receive it, even a hundredfold. If you lose anything for the sake of the kingdom, he is not like a man to forget your labor of love. So you are praying, you are fasting, you are supporting the church, whatever you are doing for your brothers and sisters, he is not like a man to forget your labor of love. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he is the rewarder of those who seek him diligently. So, King Saul, because of disobedience, he lost everything. Now, watch how God sees disobedience. This disobedience is as bad as the sin of sorcery. Now, some translations will say witchcraft. Pride is as bad as the sin of worshipping idols. You have rejected the Lord's command, now he rejects you as king. That's, that would break my heart to hear God say to me, Richard, I have rejected you. That would break my heart. That one day when these things go marching in, for God to say to Richard, depart from me, I never knew you. It would break my heart. Beloved, let us love. Let us serve God. Let us be obedient to the voice of God, even when people are mocking us. Now, the last thing is salvation for many because of Levi's obedience. In Mark chapter 2, we see that now it happened, 2 verse 15, as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there, for there were many, and they followed him. Watch this. The Bible says that in Proverbs that whoever wins souls is wise. So you see God's template of wisdom. He says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Almighty is understanding. And he who wins souls is wise. So, Brother Eric, he who wins souls, according to God's standard, is wise. You know why? Because it is the only miracle that brings a rave in heaven. It is not riches standing here. Yes, it is part of it. And preaching and sweating. No, angels are not rejoicing because of this word. But he who wins souls is wise. He says, your ways are not my ways. As the heaven, the heavens are higher 
above the earth. So are my ways higher. You know what that means, Hannah? That means that the ways of God are better than your ways. Jim, the ways of God are better than your ways. Mama Penny, the ways of God are better than your ways. He says, they are higher. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want it to be said of me, in the sight of God, that I am a wise man. I want it to be said of me, that after I have served my generation, that Richard served the purposes of God in his generation. My prayer, whosoever is under the sound of my voice, may it be said of you, that yes, Kate served the purposes of God in her generation. May it be said of you that Jim served the purposes of God in his generation. Hallelujah. Oh, if you have real faith, can I hear somebody say, I will serve the purposes of God in my generation. Luke chapter 15 verse 10. One of the things as I was being trained in pastoral ministry is that let nothing come from the futility of your mind. So whatever I say, if scripture cannot underpin it, then I become a false prophet. So I was saying to you that angels are rejoicing. In Luke chapter 15 verse 10, at the count of two, can we all read together? It's on the screen. Luke 15 verse 10, one, two. Jesus said, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So this is not coming from the simplicity of my mind. When you read Mark, he says, Many task collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. There were many and they followed him. You know what they did? They also became disciples. Hallelujah. Are you catching my drift? They also became disciples because of Levi. Someone reviled. Someone who was seen as a sinner. Someone that people even thought that he does not deserve to have an encounter with Jesus. But Jesus saw beyond the sin. Jesus saw beyond how he was duping and taking advantage of people and said, you know what, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Beloved, as we conclude, because of your obedience, I pray that many people will experience the love and the goodness of God. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm going to Baba Eric. <laughs> Baba Eric, because of your obedience, May it be said that because of your obedience, many people came to see and know the love of God through Jesus. Amen. Mama Penny, because of your obedience, may it be said that many people through your obedience came to have an encounter and they followed Jesus. Hallelujah. I want it to be said of me that because of my obedience, Noah served the Lord. He served the purposes of God. Noah, you will serve God in the land of the living. Your sons and your daughters will serve the Lord. And it will be said that because of you, Alia, 
is serving God. The purposes of God in her generation. Hallelujah. Heaven rejoices when a soul, a sinner repents. As we conclude, they saw Levi as a tax collector, but Jesus saw a soul winner. They saw a waste man, but Jesus saw a wise man. They saw someone who is a cheat, but Jesus saw someone who is a giant for the kingdom of God. That through him, many sinners will come to repentance. What was rejected by man, God used that same very vessel to bring about his purpose. So it's not always about the vessel. It's about the God using the vessel to bring about greatness. And that is why before I said that it's important that we focus on God working through us rather than what we can do or cannot do. Because we would always have limitations. Okay? You will, eat, you, you, you will say to yourself, Oh, I'm not educated. Oh, I'm too educated. Oh, I have this experience. Oh, I don't have this experience. But when you are walking, that God is with me, you know that you are covered. This week I was going to Mercedes and um, I had an engine light. You know one of them lights that it doesn't matter how anointed you are. You want to pray the light away, it will not go. Like it will not go. I'm thinking, I'm speaking in tongues. Oh, glory, but sin, there of a light. Go up the, the dash. It's not going. So I said, let me take this car to Mercedes. And you know, those of you who drive Mercedes and BMW, when you take the car to the dealership, before they even do the investigation, 180 pounds. I'm a family man. I've got two boys. 180 is a lot of money. I don't know about you, but 180 is just to put the machine on and just check. It's not sorting out a car. It's just the investigation. 180. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was like, I was an unwilling customer. <laughs> you know, when someone's an unwilling, they want the product, but they don't want to pay the full price for the product. That was me this week. So I went to Mercedes and I had to sign that after the investigation, I will pay 180 for the diagnosis. I signed. And I said to them that I have a, a warranty on the car. Does, does that cover, does the warranty cover whatever it is. They checked the warranty. They said, oh, the, the policy has been cancelled. I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> I wanted to cry. I wanted to call my wife. I said, no. I, I said to the lady, I think something has gone, something has gone on. And I said, you know what? My, my son plays with my phone. So maybe he's gone into my banking app and cancelled the direct debit. I'm not too sure. Give me a minute. So I went back to the car and I started praying. You know, parents, sometimes we use our children as an excuse. Yeah, am I the only one? Please show my hand. <laughs> when, when, when you forget to reply someone's WhatsApp and then you say, oh, I'm sorry, my, my daughter may have deleted the message. <laughs> so I went back to the car and I entered into prayer. 
and I called the um, um, insurance company, the warranty company, and I said, I'm at Mercedes. I didn't say the car has, is showing a, a faulty light. I didn't say that. God forgive me. So I said, I said to them that I've been told that my policy has been cancelled, and I have not cancelled it. So the lady said, you know what? Give me a minute. So she checked the system. She said, yes, it's been cancelled. I said, ah, the devil is a liar. I was praying. And so I said, so what can I do to reinstate it? She said, you know what? If you are able to pay 40 pounds right now, I can reinstate it for you. And I asked, I asked her, I said, so when you reinstate it, is it going to go live like today? <laughs> because... <laughs> are you catching my drift? I needed it to go live so that I can go back to the office and say, hooray, my policy is not cancelled. So she said, you know what, let me speak to my supervisor because um, we don't know what happened. And um, long story short, she reinstated it. I went back to the office. They were charging me thousands of pounds. They said, oh, the suspension is um, replacement. There's um, an air oxygen sensor, whatever it is, oxygen sensor, it was costing me almost 2005 They said, but we've checked your policy again, and it is live. Hallelujah! Amen! God answers prayer. Prayer changes stuff. Prayer changes things. Whatever you care about, God cares about it more than you know. But what a privilege we often forfeit because we do not go to him in prayer. Hallelujah. Beloved, as we conclude, in Mark chapter 2 verse 13, we witnessed Jesus' powerful encounter with Levi a task collector, a sinner, someone rejected by society, someone rejected by the religious leaders. But little did they know that Jesus had a plan for him. Beloved, as we conclude today's message, I have been awake, you can ask my wife, since we came back from Tambridge Wells, and I've been praying for you. Many years ago, God convicted me that if I want to be a man of God, and I say, oh, Brother Dele, I'm praying for you, and I go and I'm snoring, I'm not a man of integrity, and that is a sin. So when I say I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you like you are in trouble. I'm praying for you like your life depends on that prayer. And I've been praying for you because I want signs and wonders to follow our ministry. And God has asked me to tell you that he has a plan for you. A plan to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. A lot of things may not make sense to you. 
But he says, even when things are not making sense, trust that he's the God of all mankind. There's nothing too difficult for God. Beloved, if you've not heard anything today, God has asked me to tell you if he can use Levi, what makes you think that he cannot use you? If he can use Levi, why are you writing yourself off when God has not written you off? Why? If he can use Levi, he can use Richard. Jim, if God can use Levi, you are anointed as our pastor. Why are you looking at what you can and cannot do rather than looking at what God can do through you? Brother Adrian, God wants me to tell you, and I believe that Jim is sensing the same thing, that if he can use Levi, what makes you think that he cannot use you? Some of us are sitting on the bench when God says that if he can use Levi, he can use you. And he's asked me to ask you, Levi responded, would you respond, church? Would you respond? Emma, would you respond? Would you, would you encourage your family to respond to the call of God? Bola, would you respond and encourage your children to respond to the call of God? I have a sense that so many of us, we are looking at age, we are looking at what we've done, what we've not done, we are looking at where we've come from, the mental health. Yes, all these things are relevant, but even in the midst of the mental health, God is saying that He is able to bring beauty out of that difficulty. They suspended me at work. And then, I was a Lord, I'm your servant. What have I done? Why did you not reveal it to me? And then I was going through some of my old messages in, in um, COVID time, two years ago. And then I had preached a message. I said, I was standing in front of the church, West Gordon Baptist Church. And I said, God has brought me to a point that he doesn't need to do another miracle. I will so serve the Lord. And then I watched that message. I said, oh, right now I'm in difficulty. I cannot complain. Because I said in the presence of God's people that God does not need to do another miracle. He is so my God. But at that time, I needed a miracle because I did not know when the next mortgage was coming from. So I entered into prayer. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer. He ended with prayer. Prayer is 
the master key. Now God trips the company. They started paying me. They started paying me. I said, my wife said, no, send the money back. I said, God forbid. <laughs> my, my wife said, send the money back. I said, no. I said, babe, you have seen how I've been treated poorly. The next month, they send more money. My wife said, Rich, send the money back. I said, no. They paid me, they paid us about four times. Lot of money. I went to Mercedes and I got a bigger car. <laughs> and then God gave me another job. So I'm earning two big salaries. I speak to an accountant. He said, no. The taxman will get you because the salaries are too much. So call this company to stop paying you. I sent a very strong email. They still paid me one more time. And I took the money. So now, they get debt collectors on my case to recoup all the payment. We, we, we have messages done, okay? So recorded, but messages done. And I entered into prayer a second time. My wife had done all the maths. Okay, we've spent the money. I wasn't in agreement to this. However, you are my husband. We need to pay back this money. So she's done, she's done, she's got a spreadsheet. She's done how much we are paying them. I said, no. When they sent debt collectors to haunt me, I didn't even speak to my wife about it because she was pregnant at that time. And I felt that it wouldn't be good for her health. So I was battling this alone. But I was not alone. God is with me. Jim, you and I, the men here, God has made us to absorb certain things and still be standing because he is with us. Sometimes we need to absorb it and keep our queens happy and free. Hallelujah. I entered into prayer again. God says to me, go to the company that have treated you poorly and overpaid you and now asking debt collectors to recoup the thousands and thousands of pounds that they have paid you and asked for more money. I said, nah. I said, nah, this is not the voice of God. Nah, this cannot be God. I was so ashamed. This company have, have paid me, they've paid me thousands and thousands of pounds and they are not trying to get the money back. I go to them again and ask for more money. I said, nah, this is not God. The devil is a liar. I went into prayer. God says, I said, go to the company and ask for more money. I go to the company and I ask them for more money. My, lip, my lips were quivering. I was shaking. The area manager was mocking me. And I deserved to be mocked because I didn't even want to do it. All of a sudden, they send me an email. They want to sit around the table and negotiate. Hallelujah. They pay me more money and I got to write my own reference. Beloved, as, as we conclude, you have heard the voice of God and it goes against every logic. Are you going to believe God or are you going to believe the logic? Are you going to say, oh, 
I am 60 years, I am 70 years, I am 17 or 18 or I am 10 years. Or are you going to believe in the word of God? If you are able, please be on your feet. Even as we pray. The prayer is going to be on the screen. We are doing a declaration of faith. At the count of two, we are all declaring. The Bible says that there is life and death in the power of your tongue. I want you to say, declare this and mean it and see God working in your life. One, two, through Jesus Christ, I declare my faith in the Almighty God. I acknowledge His transformative power in my life and in my family. With unwavering conviction, I believe He will help me to trust and obey, even when it is hard to do so. His word is a lighthouse guiding me and my family safe to shore into his abundance and perfect will for us. Fooled by this faith, I am not afraid. I am forgiven. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Through Christ, I am strengthened to lift others up in prayer and share God's love as he leads. I decree that my actions and words will be gracious and loving towards others, reflecting the goodness of God. By God's grace, I will draw others into the abundant life found only in Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you, please, if you are able to remain standing as I pray with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the boundless grace exemplified in Jesus Christ. Daddy, help us, like Levi, to respond to the call of repentance and godly transformation, leaving behind every selfish desire. Lord, please help us to leave behind our old ways. Help us to embrace the new life you have offered us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, please, would you grant us your love so that we can share this love with those around us. Open our eyes to the love that you have already given us through Jesus Christ. Let us always recognize that we are all in need of your mercy. None of us have arrived. Father, strengthen us to carry our cross and follow Jesus daily, believing that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Father, we thank you for the blessed assurance that you sent Jesus to set us free. To set us free from the bondage of sin and to call us to a higher life. I thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice is called to a higher life. We decree and declare that there is now therefore no condemnation on us because we are in Christ Jesus. We are no longer walking according to the flesh, but according to the spirit of the living God. It is well with our souls. It is well with our family. It is well with our friends. In the name of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, we have all prayed. Amen. Church, thank you for having me. God bless you. Amen.